Some people don't remember stuff. Okay, good afternoon, everyone. Uh, it is Sunday, 2 p.m. Recording this podcast here today. Welcome. My name is John Henry Soto, and welcome to Soto in Trouble. Soto in Trouble. What a stupid name. What a dumbass name. But I've noticed that um, when I'm honest, I get in trouble or people actually get upset. And I thought to myself, I'm not a troublemaker. I know that for a fact. But there tends to be some sort of uh, uh, understanding on the part of whoever I'm speaking to that assumes that I should have the viewpoint or viewpoints that they have. And that's never been the case for me. I've never done that. I grew up in the South Bronx. I didn't have the viewpoints back then of anyone. I don't have the viewpoints now. I'm completely independent in thought. I do have an overall moral code that I follow. And I do believe in, uh, <laughs> I do believe in, in giving people the uh, opportunity to have their own views, whether I believe it or not. It's no reason for me to get upset. It's 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 exactly why we're here on this planet to express ourselves, right? So, I wanted to to talk a little bit about on that vein of why I've actually uh, called this Soto in trouble and why it's been. Um, I had somebody the other day tell me um, I was at I was somewhere, and they obviously have heard my podcast, and they said. Uh, they say, hey, it's John, you know, John Henry Soto, you know, and I was like, hey, what's up, man? And, you know, and had a few words. And then I said, oh, I said, yeah, I'm just going to hang out here. I told them and they said, OK, but don't start any trouble. You know, and I remember laughing. Ah, you know, I'm not going to start. And I remember thinking I've never I've never been a one to start trouble. But, you know, sometimes words uh, tend to affect people, especially if their viewpoints aren't don't match up with what what they uh what they believe in so um one of the biggest lies that i was told growing up i'm gonna i'm just gonna jump into it right here right now um was that as a puerto rican as a minority growing up in the south bronx that i was in need of help i'm not saying Poor people aren't in need of help. I was, I'm talking about the minorities, the groups um, in the 70s, growing up in the South Bronx, um, fires everywhere, abandoned buildings, drugs, death, um, murder, drive-by shootings, crack dealers in the 80s. Um, that whole thing that was going on there, that it was the lie that we were told were, was basically that we were not capable of taking care of ourselves. We were not capable. We were told that because we're minorities, we need help. We need social services. We need free cheese. <laughs> we need, uh, we need, we need, we need help the poor, help the minorities. We need to help the minorities. They're not doing well. They can't. And I remember thinking, you know, if you tell a group of people enough, and you really, um, really, you know, drill it in there that they are incapable and that they need help and that they are not doing well and that 
they don't have the abilities to do well and and you just continue on that same uh line eventually those people will start believing it and they will start thinking to themselves yeah we do need help we need help we don't know how to you know know, the economy is really messed up and um we need our social services we need welfare and we need our food stamps and we need all these uh, services and we need you to take care of us the government and you know it was a, a lie that i believed in you know i mean i grew up uh although my grandparents were never on public assistance they always worked um my mom was and although i was never on on it cuz i was living with my grandparents at the time it was very much a, a an important part of my um of my upbringing and i remember thinking at that time that these circumstances that we were put in we put in we were put there or we put ourselves there in that in those situations why should the government be responsible for us um because we're struggling or because you know i i i always felt that by giving us such i mean i remember actually and, and let me just backpedal a little bit but i remember sitting uh in the welfare office you know as a child and i remember people getting on that welfare line and screaming at the top of their lungs at the woman or the man on the other side of the counter for their money for their money give me my money i need my money i need my money and as a young person i remember being somewhat aware that that ain't your money you're being you're being you're being helped you freaking idiot you're being helped now you got to take that money and go do something and help yourself and become more able what are you doing accepting uh this handout and then demanding it you should be grateful you know and say okay look i mean listen i've needed it myself i'm not i'm not saying if somebody doesn't if somebody needs it that they shouldn't have it they should have it but with the with the mindset that it's there to help you get on your feet so then you don't need it anymore that's where the the where, where i was just always amazed at how some of these people would come in and would just demand this and act like they were owed something there's some type of strange entitlement that they did not earn and this went on through all the 70s that i can remember i was very young obviously in the 70s um uh, in the 80s i was a teenager um and i remember that same mentality going on um in that community it was happening all the way through the 90s and if i go back there today there's probably the still the residue of that entitlement of like i need my services i need to be helped i'm not capable i'm not capable and the tragedy the the tragedy of it is that these kids are growing up with this viewpoint and they're just being passed along you know the system is just graduating these uh kids that have this idea that they were born poor so they have to be remain poor they have to remain in the system they they you know they can go to school you know and they'll pay for the school you know um and that's thrown out there as an option but 
it's not really pushed because by the time these kids get to school, they're so poorly educated just from from first grade to, to high school that college is just so unreal. You know, the school system in, in the Bronx, in the South Bronx, where I grew up at, at least, was so bad that I just remember, I don't remember ever learning anything. And I went to Catholic school till eighth grade and Catholic school was just uh, horrible. It was a, a place of violence. It was the nuns were like, would slap you. You know, we had to sign up on, on our on our school there saying this is a nonviolent school. And I remember just being always terrified. And, um, you know, I've reconnected with a lot of the students um, from those years. And I have a tremendous amount of affinity for them and love for what we uh, uh, for our history together. But as far as an educational system was concerned, um, the, 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 I was not impressed. You know, I was not impressed with the Catholic school. I was not impressed with public school when I when I went on to public school again. And it was because it was in this environment where we were entitled to some weird way or felt entitled to the government assisting us constantly through our lifetimes, through life generations. You know, I mean, enough is enough. You know, when are we going to rise above and be able to say, listen, we don't want your help anymore. We're going to go do this on our own. Get the hell out of our way. Stop trying to say that the minorities are your responsibility. We're not. We're our own responsibility. We have our own abilities to handle it. We have our own power. There's no reason why you have to come here constantly and berate us with these uh, 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 lies saying that we need this. You know, and it's coming from a lot of different areas. You know, I remember in the in the early 70s, or in the late 70s when Jimmy Carter came to the South Bronx to visit and he took his walk around the, the, the ruins of the South Bronx with all the burnt buildings and, and empty uh, uh, knockdown lots and everything. And I remember the embarrassment of having my community be headline, headline news. You know, we were, uh, everybody was talking about the South Bronx and what was happening there. Um, by greed, basically, it was perpetrated by greed. Um, and then in the 80s was the birth of crack. And I remember early 80s when uh, Ronald Reagan came down, you know, and um, being yelled at by everyone, you know, he was trying to communicate, I'm you know, he's saying, so I'm trying to help you. I'm trying to help you. And the ladies like, I don't need help. I need a job. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, don't give me free cheese. Don't give me welfare. Give me a freaking job. You know, and the jobs weren't created because these kids were not educated well enough to hold these positions. You know, it was like the school system was just so bad. Um, and, you know, it, it, to me, it's it's been the biggest lie and it's still being told today. And it's it's uh, it's it, it's definitely the foundation of the Democratic Party, which I am a Democrat and I've been a Democrat my whole life. Um, I'm having very strong considerations on that based on the 60 plus years of the Democratic Party promising us a different lifestyle in the future and not making us responsible for it. We have no responsibility for it. We are, we're waiting for the government to give us the opportunity to do it. We don't need that. That's bullshit. You know, we have our own responsibilities to ourselves and to our culture and to our families to go out there and be able to succeed on our own with our own abilities, which I know we have. You know, we have the abilities to go out there. We have amazing food. We have amazing music. We have amazing uh, uh, history. 
You know, there's no reason why there's this minority struggle. It was fake. It was a lie. It was told to us by these uh, uh, liberal, uh, uh, controlling, wanting socialism uh, politicians and groups that basically just we bought into it. We bought into the lie. And that, to me, is a tragedy. And... I'm I'm one of these uh, um, rare, I, I think I'm a rare breed, where I'm able to look at something completely objective, you know, uh, uh, with with complete um, clarity. I'm looking for something. I'm not looking at it as if it's a uh, through the eyes. Of a group, I'm looking at it through myself. I'm, I'm wanna, I want to see things on my own. Uh, I'm being very objective when I look at something, you know, whatever it is, whether it's the Democratic Party, whether it's the Republican Party, whether it's the Obama administration, the Clinton administration, and the Trump administration. And I got to tell you that all of them are flawed. There, you know, if you're pushing for one side, then you're a fool. You're a fool because you have to look at your own side has faults, all those sides. It's impossible for a country to have two sides that are equal. I mean, every single election is almost identically equal. It makes no sense when you have three over 300 million people that they don't swing to one side. Something is wrong. Something is wrong. And I know that for a fact because I'm in somewhat politics here in Bayonne, New Jersey, and I see the numbers, and I've, I've been part of uh, uh, groups uh, of part of the, the polling and the, the, the count, and I've seen the difference. I've seen Jimmy Davis, the mayor here, who I, I think is great, completely destroyed the last guy that was running against him, you know? And I don't know the, the other guy. I don't know his politics. His politics did not seem like he didn't have any politics. He was just knocking Jimmy Davis, that was his whole platform was just not how bad Davis was when he wasn't. Because if you look at the numbers and you look at what's happening in town, you see he, he's, he's actually getting products. That, to me, is the basis of it. If it had been anybody else, I wouldn't have gone. I wouldn't have helped Mr. Davis. But my point on that is that the numbers were clear. It was so clear. It was like it was he was it was a shat. It was a complete domination of the vote. You know, it wasn't close at all. And then you look at these major, major elections and you think, how close are they? Why are they so close? Are we really that divided as a country? No, we're not because we're being told a lie. We're being told a lie. And it is uh, something that I'm very, very passionate about these days because I have two children and I'm trying to get them through life and trying to get them the best possible future that they can have. Um, and I'm trying to per to create that for them. And I have to tell you that it is not the current Democratic Party that I've seen, you know, and I've been part of it. You know, I've been part of it. I voted for Obama. I voted for Clinton, um, you know, back in the in the in the day in the days, you know, um, Jimmy Carter and and, you know, uh, Kennedy. And, you know, th those are the guys, you know, and I have to tell you something else is happening here. Because if like you have a difference of opinion, then suddenly you are either a racist 
or you hate your country or you you're you're siding with the devil it's one it's one of those three and to me that is a clear sign that the party has lost its direction and it's lost its focus and i'm not part of that party i gotta be honest with you and if that continues i don't even care i would leave the party in a second in a second i would leave the party because to me that is just complete garbage but there you have it those are my views on the biggest lie that i have been told growing up in the south bronx and uh it is not part of my how i believe anymore it's not part of how i view things and when someone is talking to me i am completely engrossed in what they're saying and what they're doing not in 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 the big giant speeches and the big uh, uh empty promises or anything no i want to hear real words and i want to see real action i want to see what exactly is happening jimmy davis is the mayor of bayonne new jersey and i look around and i see things getting better done done why are we why why is why is this even a, an issue anymore you know He's doing better. He won by a landslide because he is doing better in a town of only 65,000 people where you could actually really get a good count. Now, granted, not a lot of people vote. You know, that just goes across the country. We take it for granted. We don't vote. But it was a clear, clear win. Same thing with Nick Chevrolet, who I also think is doing an amazing job for Bayonne and for Hudson County. Why? Because look, pay attention. See the product. Look what's happening. Open your freaking eyes. You know, look at the numbers. Stop just going with what CNN is saying on the overall big picture in the country and CSNBC and those guys. And look at the numbers. Look at the economy. Look at the country, what's happening. You know, look at things, you know. And to me, that is the clearest, clearest sign that something positive is being done. And that you're able to actually see it and make a judgment for yourself and not just go with the flow. Because that, to me, does not get any, doesn't get anybody anywhere. So, anyway, that's Soto in trouble. And I guess I'm, I'm probably in trouble with a lot of people. Um, well, I, I shouldn't say trouble because I'm not in trouble with anybody because I don't work for anybody. But um, definitely views um, impact. And when your view does not match up someone, it impacts your relationship with them. And that's just fine. I'm, I'm good with that. I'm totally good with that. Um, all right, we're going to sh- shift gears a little bit. Um, thank you for listening to that rant. Uh, we're going to go into a completely different thing, actually. Um, one of the things that I recently have been talking about um, as a matter of fact, I'm going to save it for my next podcast. So a <laughs> little bit of a tease there, everyone. Uh, I'm going to, my next podcast is going to be about the, uh, the family and the suppressors, um, that are in family that prevent you from succeeding. So stay tuned for that podcast. That'll be up next. Thank you very much for tuning into Soto and Trouble. And I will talk to you all again very, very soon. As always, you can catch Soto and Trouble on my uh, iTunes, you can catch it on Spotify, you can catch it on anchor.fm as well. And I look forward to your comments and any input that you may have or any suggestions you may have on topics that you want to tackle. 
Um, and if you, if you want to be also on my podcast, have a very nice little space here. You can come and we can uh, go to town and uh, discuss some of the issues. Okay, folks. Thank you very much. God bless. I will talk to all of you again very, very soon. Peace.